New, new, new black, new, new black Wall Street book club. Evan Jefferson, brother, much love. Educating, elevating, because in knowledge is the power and we'll never give it up. <laughs> Literature is for the masses. Where to put your money down the how to watch your assets. Yeah, uplifting others is a passion. My brother Evan, he will turn it into action. New Black Wall Street Book Club. You should come read with come us. Read with us. Yeah, we comprehend and discuss. Yeah. If we all just come together, there's no limit for there's us. No limit for us. <laughs> Here comes your host, New Black Wall Street. Evan, take it away. New Black Wall Street Book Club. Welcome to the New Black Wall Street Book Club, where black folk do read. If you put it in a book, we absolutely will find it. I'm your host, ERGJ, your certified financial educator, CEO of ERGJ Enterprises, ERGJ Black Bazaar, and international best selling author of the book. The Black Billionaires Club. It's a study of black wealth. It's a study of the 12 richest black people in the world today and how they built their wealth. And I just believe that if you want to be wealthy, you should study wealthy people. We can find that book by going to the website www.theblackbillionairesclub.com www.theblackbillionairesclub.com You'll find that link in the description above or below. In today's episode of the New Black Wall Street Book Club, we continue along in our journey into the book, What Makes the Great Great? Strategies for Extraordinary Achievement by Mr. Dennis P. Kimbrough. What Makes the Great Great? Strategies for Extraordinary Achievement by Mr. Dennis Kimbrough. You must give to get. You must give to get. If you want to get more out of life, you must give more to life. No one can truly be no one can be truly rich without enriching the lives of others. Money is like a refreshing mountain stream. When it spills its way through the meadow, it turns everything in its path vibrant and green. But once obstructed, the stream and the valley dry up, the flowers wither and die. So too with money we possess. While it flows and freely circulates, it blesses many. But when the circulation is halted by hoarding, squandering, or abuse, money becomes a curse. The heart hardens, peace is compromised, and noble aims become misguided. Strong-willed, opinionated, and passionate about her work, uh, Kathy Hughes has built a media empire that consists of eight radio stations worth more than $50 million. Her accomplishments would be considered noteworthy for any broadcaster, but for an African-American woman in an industry where few of her gender and race survive, they're even more remarkable. From a truly humble beginning, as a single parent and without a dime, Hughes has managed to push, prod, and elbow her way to the table. When asked to offer her views on wealth, she mentions words like, words like hope and opportunity. Wealth and economic empowerment is the key to everything, she explained. Billie Holiday was right. God blessed the child who's got his own. But wealth doesn't mean a thing if it doesn't translate into opportunity for others. So Kathy Hughes, kings and queens, the, the media 
uh, who's built the media empires we know as Radio One. She didn't have a dime. She started out with not much at all. But she pushed and she prodded and, and elbowed her way to the table. And I love to read stories like this because it just reminds me that if Kathy Hughes can do it, I can do it as well. And you can do it also in this sphere or in the area in which you decide to. Good morning to you, Ms. Golden. Thanks so much for joining. She says this, wealth and economic empowerment is the key to everything. But wealth doesn't mean a thing if it doesn't translate into opportunities for others. So you know what that says to me, kings and queens, is that as I'm uh, as I'm building my wealth empire, my, on my wealth journey, that is not just about me. And, and you know, I try to help others to see the bigger picture as well. Say, you know, it's bigger than you. Everybody put it on, so it's bigger than me. It's bigger than you. It's not just for you. It's bigger than you. Think about the lives that are connected to you, you building wealth. Think about the lives that can be changed by the money that you have to use for good causes. Think about the things or the structures that can be built. The, 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 the sick that can be healed. Uh, the, the homeless that could be, uh, that could be sheltered. The, the hungry that can be fed. Think about all those who are connected to you building wealth. It's not about you. It's about all the others that you provide or you create opportunities for because you did the hard labor. Just imagine how many people Kathy Hughes has helped as she's built her media empire. Just think of all the opportunities she's given to other people who would not, who may not have had those opportunities had she not done what she done. It was not about her. And it's not about us. But we must give in order to get. If you and I want to get more out of this life, we must give more to this life. You and I cannot be truly rich without enriching the lives of others. You must give to get. A quick word from our sponsor. Don't just buy black, decorate black. ERGJ Black Bazaar is the Afrocentric marketplace, and we specialize in urban home decor. Anything from shower sets to wall tapestries to duvet cover sets, you can decorate your entire home with original black art-inspired gifts. Check us out at www.ergjblackbazaar.com, www.ergjblackbazaar.com. ERGJ Black Bazaar, the Afrocentric marketplace. We make group economics easy. Is money important? Is money important? Money is uh, one of mankind's greatest tools 
It is a tangible substance wrestled from tan intangible ideas. Uh, it is like any other resource or commodity, neither good nor bad, neither sinful nor sacred. Unlike other resources, however, it evolves from the thought processes of the individual, from his or her flow of ideas. Uh, money is an instrument, a standard, that can be used for both good and evil by the rich and the not so rich, by the wise and not so wise. Whether used within, our, within or outside the context of money, wealth is a basic human desire. The pursuit of wealth, say what you may, is not only legitimate, but a duty. There's something wrong with our thinking when we, children of a king, mope about in, the, in this pilgrimage of life like sheep hounded by a pack of wolves. There's something wrong when we, who have inherited infinite supply, are scrounging around about our for our daily bread when we, who are dogged by fear and anxiety, let peace elude us. When we allow our lives to be preoccupied with limit and less. When we take little because we demand little. There's something wrong when we spill our cups that runneth over, it is impossible for God's creation and the likeness to reflect failure or poverty. Humanity's divine image reflects prosperity, riches that are royal, abundance that never fails, and plenty that can never grow less. If men and women are to be men and women, and their fortune is created by legitimate efforts, it will increase their power and multiply their supply. In their struggle to attain wealth, if they are careful to guard against any negative influences, money will improve their judgment, increase their wisdom, enhance their character, uplift the race, and promote independence. Without independence, they cannot truly be men and women. They cannot do their best work with poverty clutching at their heels. They cannot reach a higher calling when they're only a day's march ahead of lack and want. Money means shoes for bare feet. It, it means clothing for the naked. It means education for the illiterate. It means a chance for opportunity and a life of peace. And although money cannot buy you happiness, neither will poverty because poverty can't buy a thing. Poverty can't buy a thing. Amway super salesman George Halsey is living proof. Wealth, he explains, holds the promise of personal freedom. After spending a day with him in his home and office, I caught a whiff of what he meant by peace of mind. Halsey comes and goes as he pleases. Money is an no object. Work which does not adequately describe what he does and leisure are so intertwined in his life that as to be indiscernible. For him, the average workday is a holiday on earth. There's no office to go to. He eats when his body tells him to, not a, not a prescribed hour of the day. There's no rush hour traffic to navigate. A suit and tire completely out of character for him and he answers to no one. His work is to share his unique networking opportunity just as others shared it with him. What will humanity do to satisfy this all-absorbing passion for riches? Everybody and everything thirsts for the almighty dollar. 
pride seeks it. What else besides pride can render power, position, and influence to those who possess it? Vanity yearns for it. What other force could make a status hungry people purchase fine clothing, sumptuous housing, fancy cars, and a host of material possessions that they cannot afford to buy? Love hopes for it. What loving parent doesn't want the best for his or her children? The church prays for it. Don't you hear it every Sunday? Send me your tithes and offerings. And even death, death gropes for it. After all, who wants to die poor? Money has many uses that work best when kept in the heart and not in the head. Listen carefully. Money is very important. Everybody put in the comments so money is important. Money is very important. Now, I think that uh, the author makes a great uh, statement here as he's talking about these different aspects um, as it relates to money. He's talking about pride seeking it, vanity yearning for it, uh, love hoping for it, the church praying for it, and even death groping for it. The almighty dollar. Money is important. Now, here's the deal. If you say, hey, well, money isn't important. Okay, try living without it. What does that look like? I'm pretty sure you thought it was important when you didn't have it. <laughs> right? So money is important. It's not the most important thing, but it is important, especially to understand. Matter of fact, in a good book, the Bible talks more about wealth and money than any other subject. It must have some merit. It must be important to understand. Money is important. Pursuing wealth was his duty. LeVan Hawkins grew up poor as a church mouse, but has always been intoxicated with the smell of success. At age 10, he sold candy and soft drinks from his mother's apartment in Chicago's Cabrini Green, a three-mile stretch of housing projects, one of the toughest in the city. His father died a year later, a victim of alcoholism, forcing LeVan to help provide for his family. As a result, he withdrew from the private high school he was attending on scholarship to work in his uncle's fast food restaurant. He was barely 13 years old. The job provided him with a needed outlet, with an inner drive to succeed. He quickly rose through the ranks. Fast food was fun for me, Hawkins recalls. It gave me a chance to channel my energy. I look up and say thank God for my uncle because he definitely gave me a new appreciation for life. He instilled in me the idea that if you're willing to work hard, get in and roll up your sleeves, your color doesn't matter. Anyone can succeed. Anyone can succeed. Five years later, as a supervisor at the same restaurant, he caught the eye of a Kentucky Fried Chicken executive who offered him a $500 bonus to become an area manager. In 11 years with KFC, he reached regional vice president status, supervising more than 650 stores. Hawkins was 28 years old, earning $275,000 a year. 
Four years later, he was pried away from KFC by an offer from multimillionaire Texan oilman T. Boone Pickens to become operating partner for Bojangles Fried Chicken. Today, the Van Hawkins Inner City Foods owns more than two dozen chicken restaurants, a Florida-based fast food firm with sales exceeding $30 million. Is, more, is money important? I question. Listen to his reply. Money is very important for what it can do and provide. Money is the form of jobs. Money in the form of jobs can rebuild a community. Money in the form of scholarships can educate a people. And money in the form of profits can build institutions. Yes, money is extremely important. Money is extremely important. Now, LeVan Hawkins, from Chicago inner city projects to area manager of KFC to operating partner for Bojangles Fried Chicken to firm, fast food, fast food firm that owns now more than two dozen checkers restaurants and sales exceeding $30 million. Mr. LeVan Hawkins, pursuing wealth was his duty. So use the same wealth producing formula that others have used. A quick word from our sponsor. Use the same wealth-producing formula that others have used. Everybody put in the comments on hashtag formula. So it's a formula that we can follow to success. When J. Bruce Llewellyn made his foray into the world of commerce, he mortgaged everything he owned. A house, a car, modest assets, and even his clothing. This move got him a $3 million loan, which he invested in a chain of grocery stores. But not before the lender warned, I guarantee if this doesn't work out, it's going to hurt you a lot more than it does me. That was in 1969. Today, Llewellyn can laugh about that veiled threat. It wouldn't be the last time he has used a bit of guts and a unique money-making formula to launch even bigger deals. Raised in White Plains, New York, Llewellyn, Jamaican-born parents, like countless of other immigrants, came to the United States in search of opportunity. His father found work as a linotype operator with the once prominent New York Herald, New York Herald Tribune, while his mother cared for him and a younger sister. Llewellyn's parents were believers in hard work in America and in individual initiative. Together, they evoked racial pride and imparted a competitive spirit in their children. Their son still recites a dictum drilled by his father. You must work twice as hard to get half as far. In 1981, uh, Llewellyn decided it was time to seriously march toward his dream of operating a beverage bottling plant. The timing was perfect. That year, Jesse Jackson and Operation Push had called for a boycott of all Coca-Cola products. Consumption data had indicated that black Americans accounted for nearly one-third of the entire soft drink market and spent more than $300 million on Coke products alone. The ban forced the bottler to agree to increase its minority participation. 
Two years later, Llewellyn, basketball great Julius Irving, and actor Bill Cosby together purchased a 36% share in a Coca-Cola bottling plant in New York, only one of eight black operators to be chosen. As the company's single largest shareholder, Llewellyn sat on the board and became chairman of its subsidiary, the Philadelphia Coca-Cola Bottling Company. By the mid-1980s, Llewellyn got the chance to buy the entire Philadelphia bottling operations. He and Irving uh, converted their Coca-Cola shares, obtained loans from several lending institutions, and paid $80 million towards buyout costs for the company. To help bolster sales and market share, Llewellyn added new routes and more trucks and hustled for increased exposure. The result? The plant is now eight, Coke's eighth largest operating operation. Sales have topped $300 million. How did he do it? How did he do it? Every day, Black America stands against a gas at the accomplishments of other ethnic groups, Llewellyn says. These groups were driven to save, they're driven to invest, they're driven to risk, and they're driven to formulate capital, not consume it. They share common values that further their business expansion. What I've done is no big deal. I've just repeated the same wealth producing formula. So what do other groups do, kings and queens? When it comes to money, they save, number one. One thing that black Americans seems not to understand, they save. And then from their savings, what do they do? They invest. Put their money in position to work harder for them than they work for it. Seems something that black America seems to not seems to still not understand that we must do. They're willing to take risk, calculated risk with their money that, that could possibly bring them back a fortune. And they formulate capital. These four things are simple. These four things are principles of wealth. But for some strange reason, no matter how many books have been written, Black America seems to not understand these simple things. Here's a man who has earned millions, who knows what we live, in, who knows that we live in an abundant universe filled with ideas flowing through time and space. It is up to each of us to take what we need out of this flow. There's an abundance of ideas that we can use to create more riches in our life. If you think about it, money is an idea in action. Everybody put in console ideas in action. Money is an idea in action. The universe always says yes. The universe always says yes. If we stand in the flow of life and say that there isn't enough or I can't have or I'm not able to, then the flow passes us by. The current is always moving. People hoard money. They worship money. They covet it, hide it, and even steal it, which springs from a belief that if they do, prosperity will find its way to their door. This misguided behavior goes against the flow. Don't go against the flow. We can all be wealthy. Wealth is, to a large extent, a state of mind. Each of us has a human urge for the best that life has to offer. You desire economic security, which money alone can provide. You may desire an outlet for your talents in order that you may experience the joy of creating your own riches. Some seek the easy way to wealth, hoping to find it without giving anything in return. Mistakenly, this too is a common desire. But it is a desire I hope to modify. 
If I have uncovered anything during the course of my research, I found there's no such thing as something for nothing. There's only one sure road to wealth, a path that anyone can travel. There's only one sure way to wealth, a path that anyone can travel. I'm going to keep going. I thought I was going to stop there, but this is getting good. So we're just going to keep it going, guys. One second. Let's keep going. We need a change of thinking. We need a change of thinking. Wise men, since the beginning of time, have been telling us that all we achieve or fail to achieve is the direct result of our thoughts. James Allen, the English writer and author of As a Man Thinker, told us that good thoughts bear good fruit and bad thoughts bear bad fruit. Ralph Waldo Emerson concurred. He wrote, a man becomes what he thinks about most of the time. The Roman emperor Marcus Aurelius taught us that our life is what our thoughts make it, good or bad, triumphant or hopeless. In 600 BC, Buddha, the Eastern spiritual teacher, wrote, all that we are is the result of what we have thought. The mind is everything. What we think, we become. The way to be great is to know that you are great. And to know is to think. And to think is to master your thoughts and emotions. To raise your consciousness. It is what you know in your heart that determines what you express in your world. If you believe these great writers and philosophers, then you know that if you belittle your talents and gifts, you are doomed to failure. If you question your ability, the world will quickly accept your evaluation. And if you constantly dwell on thoughts of lack or limit, unfortunately, this too will define your life. Over time, you create a mental equivalent of your innermost convictions about yourself and what is possible for you. In other words, you need not be sick. You need not be distraught. You need only to lift your thoughts and rise above those conditions or imperfections that may impede your progress. Granted, you may not be able to choose your circumstances, but you can choose your thoughts, which will eventually shape your circumstances. As I studied the wealthy, I was struck by a common knowledge that each seemed to share. Each possessed a prosperity consciousness in addition to an unshakable belief that in his or her ability to overcome obstacles. This mindset seemed to offer them powers unavailable to ordinary individuals. They set high standards and achieved lofty goals, often in the face of overwhelming odds and in defiance of the predictions of those around them. But it all started with a prosperity consciousness. It all started with the prosperity consciousness. 
We need a change of thinking. This is the reason why we do what we do each and every morning in the New Black Wall Street Book Club. Because I understand that as you and I change the way that we think, we'll change the results that we get out of our life. And if we have a poverty consciousness, well, guess what? It can only bring to us one thing. That's poverty. But if we have a prosperity consciousness, on the other hand, we begin to develop our mind and think about the best and want the most, then guess what? That can only breed one thing. It's all about the seeds that we plant in our very fertile mind. Because we will reap what we sow. We cannot change. We cannot choose our circumstances. But we can choose our thoughts. And eventually, your thoughts will shape your circumstances. This is the New Black Wall Street Book Club, where black folk do read. If you put in a book, we absolutely will find it. I'm your host, ERGJ, your certified financial educator, and we invite you to join the Black Billionaires Club. Get connected with brothers and sisters who are serious about winning with money, serious about success, and super serious about helping you to accomplish your goals and to build your dreams. Check out the website at www.TheBlackBillionairesClub.com, www.TheBlackBillionairesClub.com. You can find that link in the description above or below. Make a decision to change the rest of your life. We'd ask that you would subscribe and support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help us sustain future episodes to improve financial literacy within our community and ultimately to help us to build the School of Wealth, to build an institution that will teach the next generation about money. And your small monthly contribution can make all the difference. Well, we want to say thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the New Black Wall Street Book Club. We want you to remember this, that it takes a village and it starts with us. Let's build as we climb together. We all we got, people. And thank God that that's more than enough. Until next episode, you know what time it is. Mr. DJ, hit the music. New, new, New Black, New, it's the New Black Wall Street Book Club, with your host Evan Jefferson, Evan Jefferson. it's time for us to go, yeah. now you ain't gotta leave the computer, but we encourage you to get out there, and learn, and apply, all the things you learn at the New Black Wall Street, book club, book club, <laughs> yeah. Thank you.